I figured out a way for myself, not even thinking, like you kind of just always assume the things you know other people know. So I'm like, why don't you just make this recipe? Why don't you just eat pancakes? They're like, wait, you eat pancakes every day? Why am I eating shakes and egg whites? And then I started getting all these messages on Facebook and Instagram like, hey, I tried protein pancakes this weekend. And then same thing, one person asked me, how much is it? And I was like, oh my God, I could sell this. This is it. Like that was the big aha moment. The following is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end client experience platform that helps you get the job, manage the job, and get credit. Welcome to Winning on Main Street. I'm Gordon Henry. The American economy is driven by small business, local business people who want to work for themselves and build something successful. And today we're fortunate to be speaking with Ashley Drummonds, founder of Abs Protein Pancakes, who appeared on Shark Tank in season seven and got a $120,000 investment from Damon John. Ashley will be appearing at the Thrive Connect 20 conference on November 10th and 11th. And we're fortunate she stopped by today to speak with us at Winning on Main Street. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you here. So uh, we're speaking to you today. You're, uh, I guess it looks like working from home today, but you're based in Tampa, Florida. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. It's nice and sunny out here. Okay, that's awesome. So we know you've had a really exciting journey in the fitness field and, and other things, fitness, food, wine. We're going to get into all that. But first of all, um, you started out, you weren't always into the fitness business. You kind of had a personal transformation that got you into the fitness industry. Could you just share a little bit of how you got started in this space? Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually started as a personal trainer back in 2009, and I kind of got into it because I was going through what we all go through, a life transition. Mm. Um, when I was about 19, 20, I was going through like quitting a job. I was going through a divorce. I was struggling with a lot of anxiety and panic attacks, like things that are big transitional opportunities. Like I like to think in life. Um, and I was really just having a hard time finding any kind of direction. So during that, I mean, people, I always like to emphasize, like you have multiple rock bottoms that you hit. And in this situation, I had no money, I had no husband. I lost my house. I lost my friends. I lost my job. Um, but even more so than that, I had just finished getting my bachelor's degree in business and I could not even get a job at the Olive Garden. Like nobody would hire me. And so I was really having a hard time figuring out like, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? How do I, even, like, how am I supposed to feel good about myself? Um, and all I had to do every single day was I started going to the gym. I had no idea what I was doing. I knew nothing about working out and lifting weights and nutrition, but it gave me something every day to get out of the house, be around other people and do something positive. And I started noticing the more I was working out and lifting weights, I felt a little bit more confident and I felt a little empowered and I felt a little more driven and ambitious. And to kind of fast forward, I did this for maybe six months or so before I really felt like I was getting back on my feet. Nothing had happened but changed in my external life. Um, and so it was the beginning of 2010 and 
I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I wanted to show other people this transformation that I was going through inside and out and help them overcome the different things they go through in their life too. realizing like the biggest thing in the fitness industry and like why I even created my brand is because I think there's so much emphasis put on diet and weight loss and just take this pill or just do this workout and get your abs. And it's about so much more than that. Like you have to work with people on their mindset and the emotional component of what they're going through. That's really going to make a lifestyle change. So that's what got me into the fitness and the personal training space about 10 years ago. So you became an entrepreneur. So you went from, as you described, being uh, not feeling so great about things to working out, Mm -hmm. starting to feel good about things. What then launched your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, so it wasn't immediate. I actually got my first personal training job in Tampa. Um, I worked at a really nice athletic club and I did it for maybe a year or so. And then I realized that I'm a really terrible employee. I don't do well with being told like where to be at what time. And it was so much more about sales than it was about actually connecting with people. So somebody had told me at this gym because I was like on the verge of like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Why am I here? Um, And one of the other trainers had mentioned like, hey, sometimes when you're in between clients, other people will take outside sessions, which was new to me. I didn't even think of that. And I made a Craigslist post that was so terribly written. I don't even know anything about sales or copywriting. And it was just like, hey, 35 bucks for a session. I'll help you lose weight and get in shape. And I got my first client and it's, it's like anything. Like I always feel like the first time somebody has that financial exchange, whether it's a client, somebody buys your product, whatever it is, that's like the magic that you need to be like, Oh my God, this actually worked. Somebody just handed me money for this. And that's all I had. I had one client and that was all I needed to like prove that I could do this. And that's what started it. And then I was just like blasting Craigslist and Facebook and got these really cheap business cards and was marketing like crazy. And I mean, I think the important thing people have to understand is you don't know what you're doing in the beginning. And regardless of what anybody else tells you, you literally are throwing thousands of darts and just hoping that one of them sticks and works out. So that's what got me into the whole entrepreneur side of things. Okay. So you were a trainer, um, but Mm -hmm. then you got into the food business. How'd you get into the food business? So I never officially was in the food business until I started my brand. Um, Also, not knowing what I'm doing. However, I've always had a huge passion for food and recipes and nutrition and finding ways to make foods you eat regularly in a healthier way. So I was doing it for myself. I don't do well with diet food. I like food too much. Um, so I was making all these recipes for myself. Like how can I eat dessert every day and still like have it be healthy? How can I eat breakfast? Like all these things. And one day again, about four years later, trying to figure out like, I want to do something bigger. I want to help more people. I was brainstorming like what I could turn into an actual product that would Mm. make a difference in people's lives. And one of the things I noticed with my clients that they struggled with is their nutrition, They always, quote unquote, fell off track because they felt like it was six days a week, super hardcore dieting, and then one day of just a cheat meal all day long, and then they'd get back on it on Monday, but that's not sustainable, it's not healthy, it's not good for your hormones and all those things. So 
I figured out a way for myself, not even thinking, like you kind of just always assume the things you know, other people know. So I'm like, why don't you just make this recipe? Why don't you just eat pancakes? They're like, wait, you eat pancakes every day? Why am I eating shakes and egg whites? <laughs> so I ended up just packaging it in little, I was making the recipes because it's a dry mix and I put it in little Ziploc bags and I started giving them to my clients. And like, here, put this with one egg and some water, make it in the morning, try it. Tell me if you like it. If you do, then I'll make you a bigger batch. And very quickly, people had their friends and family trying it with them. And then I started getting all these messages on Facebook and Instagram like, hey, I tried protein pancakes this weekend. And then same thing. One person asked me, how much is it? And I was like, oh my God, I could sell this. This is it. Like uh -huh. that was the big aha moment is realizing that this one recipe that I was using for myself, so many other people were staying full for hours. They ate it every day. Didn't feel like they were having to deprive themselves. Um, so I just used that as my momentum and then just research like crazy. Like Google is the biggest resource and it started, like I had no idea how you even started doing it. So I was Googling things like how to start your own supplement company, but it's technically not a supplement. How to start your, how did Betty Crocker get started? How did Duncan Hines, I mean, these are the things you Google to figure out. And sure. somewhere somebody's got a story that'll tell you how to do it. It's just, breaking down those steps and following the paths that show up with it. So that's literally how I got into the food business of just running with this idea. Okay. So you started uh, mm -hmm. abs protein pancakes. When did you actually start abs protein pancakes? Was that 2001? 2014 started 2014. it in my kitchen. Yep. Okay. All right. And then you begin to sell it as you described, and then mm -hmm. you apply to get on Shark Tank and you actually get on Shark Tank. How long between <laughs> when you started Abs Protein Pancakes do you get on Shark Tank? Um, I started in July of 2014. Mm -hmm. In September of 2014, I applied, okay. not, not expecting anybody to take me seriously. Right. Um, I got a call back in February of 20, no, 2015. Yeah. So about six months later. Mm -hmm. And then I filmed June of 2015. So the whole thing was almost a year of yeah. just the preparation. And then it uh -huh. didn't air until the following January. So 2016. So we're talking months. like, yeah, year and a half of planning and prepping while trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. So at the time you went on the show, uh, before we get into exactly what happened on the show, how big was the mm -hmm. business? Uh, do you remember about how big you, you were then? Did you have, you know, like sales volume? Yeah. By the time I filmed, so not quite at a full year, I had sold a little over $100,000 in pancakes. So first year okay. in business, I hit six figures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So, because that's always their favorite question is tell us yeah. about your sales. And somebody walks on and says, well, we're pre-revenue. It never looks too good. So the fact you had really been out there and proven the model, that's, that's great. Um, yep. So you go into the tank. Uh, first of all, what was that like? Where, where, was it scary? Were you nervous? Uh, how was the experience? Um, I was very excited. Mm -hmm. I was very intimidated. I was scared, but not for the reasons most people thought. I was scared because they're constantly giving you feedback that you might not walk out there. I'm talking like down to three minutes before you walk out. 
of, hey, we don't know, we don't know because if this entrepreneur before you runs too long, we won't have time for you. So I was more scared thinking like, hurry up person before <laughs> me, like I'm trying to go, I want my turn. So I was scared of that. I was really scared that I was going to mess up on my pitch because you only get one take. You don't get redos, which a lot of people see this on the episodes. People start getting like stressed out. So that was my main thing. I was like, if I can go, if I get my turn and if I get through my pitch, everything else is golden. Like I have no problem in negotiation. I have no problem in discussion, all of those things. It is very stressful backstage though. And I think anybody who has filmed on that show will tell you the same thing because before those doors open, you have somebody doing makeup, somebody doing hair, somebody lint rolling you. You've got like three camera people in your face while over a loudspeaker, somebody is counting down to when they're going to open the doors for you. And then you're like, wait, what was my pitch? What am I going to do? I don't even remember what I was supposed to say. All while knowing like the sharks don't know a thing about you so i mean this is your 30 seconds of like you either nail it or you don't so yeah it's very stressful very exciting and also very scary right right so uh you get an investment from damon john what was the um what was what did you ask for Uh, how much money did you ask for and what percentage of the company and did you negotiate i originally asked um 120,000 for 40 percent the First offer I got was from Robert for 120,000 at 50%. And I said, no. Mm -hmm. So I countered him for 45. He Mm -hmm. countered me back for 49. I was so close to taking it. And then Damon came in at the last minute and offered 42%. So that was the deal. 120,000 at 42%. Um, We did a handshake deal. We didn't negotiate after that and walked off set. And then reality hit. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we're going to get into what happened next in just a minute. But before I uh, uh, go to a quick uh, break, um, you know, I've heard there's this Shark Tank uh, kind of uh, uh, network of other people mm-hmm. who've been funded. Are you in touch with other winners from Shark Tank? Is there kind of a community of Shark Tank uh, winners? Yes, we do have a private community for everybody that's been on Shark Tank because we signed so many confidentiality agreements to not talk about certain things publicly. So we do have this group that's safe for all of us to talk about things because when you go through something like, especially a year and a half long process, you need other people who have been through the experience who you can reach out to and be like, hey, did this happen to you? What do I do when this happens? Did you get this email? So yeah, there is a community. That's cool. Um, We're going to come back in just a minute. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to hear more about how Shark Tank affected Ashley Drummond's business and her life. As a business owner, it's not uncommon to feel like you're stuck or in a rut. We all need a little inspiration to keep us motivated and moving forward. Thrive is here to help. This fall, join Thrive for Connect 20, a two-day virtual and interactive small business conference featuring some of today's most successful business leaders, industry pioneers, technology gurus, and entrepreneurs like yourself. Hear from a lineup of inspirational speakers including Scott Galloway, the star of Vice TV's No Mercy, No Malice, and best-selling author of The Four and The Algebra of Happiness. Well-renowned CEOs, successful Shark Tank contestants, and savvy business experts will also be offering must-have advice. You'll have the opportunity to participate in scheduled educational breakout sessions with leading executives from Yelp, Lendio, Neighborly, and more. 
Network with small business resources like America's Small Business Development Centers, SCORE, and the National Women's Business Council, as well as with other owners just like you. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for this virtual online event, November 10th and 11th. This is the small business conference you won't want to miss. Register now at thrive.com slash connect. That's thryv dot com forward slash connect. Come to connect. Leave inspired. Okay, so we're back with Ashley Drummonds, and uh, we're hearing the exciting story about how she got on Shark Tank and got a $120,000 investment from Damon John after a little bit of negotiation with Robert Hercevic. Uh and, and I guess Damon got you at the last minute. Pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, people have this idea. They see you get this deal on Shark Tank, and they think, now you're a millionaire. You're, you're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You've got it made, and you're living the easy life now just because you – what was it really like? That is not what happens, first of all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, there's people, there was another interview that I did that they were asking a similar question because some entrepreneurs who have been on Shark Tank have completely removed any association because they had a very negative experience. Mm. Um, I did not do that. I'm very, I appreciate the opportunity and I'm very grateful for what it's done for me. Um, For me, everybody has a different experience. No entrepreneur has the exact same thing, even if you have the same investor. It's totally different. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, is you then go through another very long due diligence process. So a lot of people think you get the deal, somebody hands you a check, this shark comes in and completely takes over and fixes all of your business problems. That is not what happens. I'll be totally honest. I was naive and thought that that's what was going to happen. And then when it wasn't, I was like, okay, so I still have to do all of this myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, we went through about a six month due diligence process before any financial exchange happened whatsoever, because you keep in mind that you've been giving all of your information for the last year or so to the producers of Shark Tank, to the legal team of Shark Tank. Damon has not actually seen any of my stuff until after the deal is in place. So we went through a long due diligence process. They ask for all the same information, your financials, your background, your marketing plan. It's very long and exhausting. Um, then you have the opportunity to negotiate your deal again of do we want to stick with the same terms do we want to change this up how do we want to experience this that part i can't disclose that's part of the confidentiality agreement um but i do feel like every shark tank entrepreneur wants everybody who watches the show to know even after you have a deal your business gets way more busy and exhausting and you are hustling harder than you were before. Like, I think everybody thinks like, Oh, well you're successful because you had this deal and like, it just fixed everything. It's like, no, actually I think I worked harder after shark tank happened than before it happened. And you're still figuring it out. I mean, you have connections and people who can help, but to a very limited extent, like Mm -hmm. you're still the head you still got to figure out suppliers. You still have to do all the partnerships, the money, the marketing, like it's a lot. So I know there's a lot of people who've been on the show who get frustrated because we're all still hustling and working our butts off. But a lot of people, they're like, oh, 
you're just probably on vacation and taking it easy. And you're like, no, not at all. <laughs> right, right. So you mentioned that you had $100,000 roughly of sales going into the show. Um, mm -hmm. Did sales explode after the show? And, and what, what did sales become? Yes. So I also can't disclose all of that because it became a Shark Tank brand. But I am allowed to say that it's far surpassed that within the two nights of airing Shark Tank. Yeah. So what I did the first year in sales, I hit that within 24 hours after the airing. Unbelievable. That's Shark incredible. Tank effects, man. Yeah. Yeah. Were you prepared? Like, did you have the infrastructure in place to, to deal with that or was it just too overwhelming? Um, the best that I could, they give you so before, so even when you film, you don't know if your episode's going to actually air. Sure. And so after filming, we filmed in June I didn't hear anything about airing until that following December. And they give you a two weeks heads up purposely to make sure like prepare your website, your team, your inventory, two weeks in the food world is not enough time mm -hmm. to fix that much inventory. So I called multiple, I had two manufacturers, let them know whoever could get it done the fastest is who was going to get my money basically. Um, and it's a four to six week turnaround for me. So you just guesstimate, even like Damon and I had gotten on a call before it aired. You don't know if you're going to do 30,000 units or if you're going to do 3,000 units. Like it's a total guess and a shot in the dark. And you also have to be smart enough to not take too big of a risk mm -hmm. because there are people who their episode doesn't air or we have some crazy natural disaster and that episode's gone. So I prepared the best I could. We ended up back ordered for about six weeks after that. Like most, most Shark Tank entrepreneurs experience the back order. Um, my website crashed three or four times the night of, no matter how much we prepare. I mean, we had like three backup servers. I had two different web teams up until like 3 a.m. Like this is not going to crash because if it crashes and I'm losing sales, I'm going to be so upset, but nobody could do anything about it. It was crazy. And you don't think about the fact that you have the East Coast airing, you have Central, and then you got West Coast time that you're like, oh crap, like this happened the first hit. We didn't think about what's going to happen on the second one. Mm -hmm. So I prepared the best I could. I mean, I think that's all you really can do. Yeah. So you at some point shifted, uh, expanded, I guess, into not just food or not just fitness and food, but fitness, food, and wine. And you now um, started a show called uh, Abs fitlifetv.com, uh, fitness, food, mm -hmm. and wine. So tell us about that. How'd you, how did you get into this broader mix of things? Yeah, so I have always also loved wine, just like I love food and just like I love mm -hmm. fitness. And I always had a really hard time fitting in the traditional box of fitness. Of you're not allowed to have certain foods, you're not allowed to have wine, can't have alcohol, and that never worked for me. Um, so back in 2017, just out of like a complete love for wine, I took the WSAT level three, which is the wine and spirits education trust. It's the same thing as a sommelier certification. Um, did that, got certified out of my own, just, Hey, I'm curious if I could do that. I mean, how hard can it be? It's very hard. Um, did that. And then I wasn't really sure how to incorporate that or if I even could, 
So I did some consulting with wine, um, talked to a lot of people, and then I subtly started dripping it into my social media stuff, just seeing like what kind of feedback I would get, which is a great way to test the market. And I got really great feedback from a lot of people that really love it. And they're like, oh my God, workouts, pancakes, and wine. This is amazing. I love it. Um, so I started doing, most of it's on the YouTube channel. And then it'll, actually the website is being redone right now to incorporate more of it. Most of it's been on social media and YouTube, but it's really just showing people who have similar passions. They love food and wine. And if it's not wine, it's totally fine. But that don't fit the traditional box of people who work out and want to be healthy. So we talk about all kinds of things from wine recommendations, talk about the process of winemaking. There's workouts on there that can all be done at home. That's the fitness side of things with dumbbells. Um, there's tons of recipes on there. So for me, I started that channel one selfishly because I just love talking about those things. Um, but also video stuff like this is one of my favorite ways to connect with people just because mm -hmm. it's so much more personal. So that's where a lot of it came from too. So yeah, so we alternate it. Sometimes it's a workout, sometimes it's wine and sometimes it's recipes. So is there a business side to the fitness and wine beyond, I know, I know you do the workouts and the training and obviously mm -hmm. got the abs protein pancakes. What's the business side of the wine piece for you? So it started with just consulting. It started just as wine consulting, which can be very successful, but also was not my big picture ever. I first did it as just seeing if there was a market for it. Like, is there any intersection with these two worlds? Turns out there is. So from the business perspective of things with rebranding the website to just not being just about pancakes, because that's been the hardest thing to get past, but really making it a community. So the community is just abs and helping people in all these different areas with the goal of now that we're introducing these things, we can also one day launch some sort of wine brand that fits this profile too. So that's more of the bigger vision with the business that we've been building out. Mm -hmm. Okay. How's the business doing now? It's uh, like four years later, right? It's post Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. uh, is it, has it continued to grow? I know you probably can't tell us everything, but. It's continued to grow. It's been a constant brick by brick process like I think everybody has in business um, and I mean we have ups and downs too so it continues to grow this last year has been very interesting with pivoting because of COVID just in general like a lot of like some of my suppliers no longer exist so that's mm. been something to navigate and work around but then also a lot of people aren't spending as much money um, so it's been interesting this year like I think my goal and most people's goals has been just to survive through yeah. 2020 and yeah. make it through COVID. So this has not been a year of growth as much as it's been like just maintaining and figuring out how to pivot through all of this. But prior to that, yeah, it's continued to grow. It's continued to be successful and yeah, it's on its way. That's awesome. Are you still in touch with Damon, John? Still in touch with Damon, yeah. Anytime he's in Tampa, I usually will get a text or a call from somebody on his team saying, hey, he's in town if you want to meet up. This is where we're at. Um, and then if there are any opportunities, because he's got multiple brands in his portfolio, but if there's anything that fits the fitness, nutrition, or wellness space, sure. usually I'll get an email and they'll reach out to do some sort of business deal. Got it. So looking back on this journey you've taken since you were, I guess, 19, kind of when it started the personal transformation. And here we are I, roughly a decade later. Um, 
what would you say to your younger self looking back that, you know, you, you should have done this or you should have known this or what, you know, what tip would you have given to, you know, or somebody oh. like yourself at, at that age in terms of starting out on the next stage of your career? Oh man, that is a great question. Looking back. Oh God, I was so lost when I first started <laughs> out. Um, I think myself and anybody who's at that stage, the very beginning, it's so scary and you have no resiliency to anything because you don't know what you're doing. So honestly, I feel like I would just say, Hey, don't get caught up too much in like one bad hit or one bad year. Like don't let one setback totally ruin your dreams or your ambitions. Um, and honestly, like not to segue into fitness, this is why I am such a big believer though in fitness though, because sometimes the discipline, the focus and the consistency you learn with your workouts and exercise and lifting weights and strength training transitions into a lot of the same skills mentally and the character you have to build in your business too. Hmm. Um, so I think, I don't think it's ironic that part of my journey started that way. And I had to develop those skills in the gym that has time and time again like if i am totally lost i go to the gym mm -hmm. if i'm feeling down i go to the gym because it just like brings me back to myself um mm -hmm. so that's a piece of advice i would say i would also caution don't assume that everybody else knows what they're doing i think that was a big thing that totally crushed like my self-esteem when i got started because everybody acts like they know what they're doing everybody seems like they've got it together. And then you're like, why do I feel like I'm just running around totally lost? Don't assume that some people are just way better at faking it than you are, but just stick with it. Keep going, trust yourself because ultimately, I mean, I don't think success is determined by some skill or some lucky break. I think the biggest difference is just the people who don't stop trying. That's it. Right. Right. Persistence. Yeah. Well, that's some great advice. Thank you, Ashley. That's uh, really helpful. And, you know, we have a lot of people who listen who are either entrepreneurs, would-be entrepreneurs, and I know they're going to appreciate those uh, the heartfelt uh, words of advice uh, coming from uh, somebody who's really been from, you know, qu quite, a, it sounds like quite a low point up to some real high points. Uh, so uh, it's great stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us today. And uh, we're so excited you're going to be speaking at Thrive Connect 20, which is our virtual conference in November and uh, speaking to a whole giant audience, a vir virtual audience of entrepreneurs out there. So, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, so thank you again. We've been speaking with Ashley Drummonds, a uh, Shark Tank a winner uh, and who runs Abs Protein Pancakes and has a fitness food and wine business uh, based out of Tampa. Thanks again for your time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this program, please subscribe to our podcast and re recommend it to a friend or a fellow entrepreneur. And if you want to sign up for uh, attending our virtual conference, uh, Thrive Connect 20, go to thrive, that's T-H-R-Y-V dot com slash connect. And tune in next episode for insights with other great entrepreneurs. For now, this is Gordon Henry signing off.